All right. Today, we continue my conversation with Eddie Hightower, the Senior Vice President of Sustainability and Social Responsibility for Caliber Collisions. We're going to talk about investing in talent and the future of the workplace. I can't wait to share it with you. Michael, hit it. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hi, this is Susie, and you're listening to the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, where we cover everything related to helping you and the employees in your organizations build a high-commitment, low-drama, wake-up-eager workforce. In this podcast and the work we do every day, we provide tools, tips, and expert interviews for the entire employee lifecycle, hiring, onboarding, team building, leadership development, succession planning, and conflict resolution. We also talk about personal development, and so we just uh, love having you here and just want to remind you to go listen to the first episode, part one, by going to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash invest in talent. And now we're into uh, episode 103, part two of this episode. So we're going to continue on. And if you go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash invest in talent, you can get the show notes and listen to both episodes. Let's go there now. I know everybody listening would be interested in your career and your background. I talked a little bit about your bio and you know your background, but let's learn a little bit more about you. If it's okay, we'll jump to that part of our discussion now. Sure. Okay. Let's. We we always have that wake up eager strengths discussion, and you are so kind to play along by completing the talent insights assessment. And I was smiling as I was reading the results. You know, you scored as passionate knowledge person. You love learning knowledge according to the assessment. Passionate being of service to people. And then also passionate in doing things your own way or outside of tradition. And so you have any thoughts about my quick summary of that? And I sent you a little, few little notes from it. Any thoughts on how that sounds like you or doesn't sound like you? And I, I just wanted to, I almost put this in an email to you, Susie, when you sent me the, uh, the summary of saying, have you been following me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I found as soon as I got the results, I said, that's, yep. You know, you got me. Uh, and I, I think that that's, uh, that's exactly right. I'm very passionate about what I do. I, I feel incredibly fortunate to do what I do. And I, I really, I, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that I read in there that I thought was interesting was that rules are meant to be supportive, not necessarily to be followed. And that's how I view things is that I always ask why we can't do something versus, you know, uh, holding back uh, from something because it's never been done. For example, that this whole thing of building the sustaining workforce, have I ever done this? No, but it is no reason not to try to do it. Uh, and again, it goes back to the grace comment of saying that we're all learning and we, I make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, but it's forgiving yourself and moving on. And what did you learn from it is super important. But I think the other thing that really helps me and uh, my mom would tell you that I'm an optimist, just like my dad was. 
And I view that as a badge of honor. And I see that that showed up in my results too, as I'm optimistic about things. And I, I look for the upside in, in everything that we're doing, probably to a fault that I love that. I love doing it. And I love bringing people along and inspiring them to, uh, to come with me and, uh, and then pushing them ahead of me, you know, and saying, uh, this is about them. Uh, and that's clearing the way. And so that's, that's how I like, I, I see, you know, if you look on my wall, I, I, you asked about billboards, maybe this is a billboard I would put up and I have, I put one in my office that is a Susan Duffer's quote that says, feel the fear and do it anyway. There we go. And it's, you know, it, you're so, according to the assessment, a lot of people who are listening or our clients or, or consultants that I've trained or whatever. So they know it, that the high theoretical loves to learn, the high social altruistic loves to serve. And then the number six traditional says, I'll do it my way, which is what you're talking about. And and then the other thing we always talk about is match, fit to the role. And so as I, what was making me smile, one, I always love seeing results, but I also love seeing, you know, how, what a great fit it is to what you're doing. I mean, you're saving people through knowledge and insight. And then this idea that your ability to think outside the box, there's good in the box thinkers and that matters. But for this role, this is exactly, I mean, that's exactly who they need for their yeah. senior vice president's sustainability. It makes complete sense to me. Yeah. You know, so it's like some of, yeah. some of the nuggets I, that I sent to you and all people will appreciate this now, you scored passionate too. So you scored higher and it doesn't matter if somebody scores passionate or not passionate because it all is good. I mean, it's all, all of it, it matters, but it just gives us insight. So very strong desire to help others, passionate, higher than most people and to learn. And some of the top strengths, I just want to read them because they so promote everything we've been talking about. Good at promoting causes that improve society. Generous with their time, talent, and resources. Initiates the activity of developing others. Willing to share knowledge to benefit the team or organization and looking for the positive in every situation, which you already touched on. So that's a combination of your top drivers and your style. So I just thought that was fascinating. And and here's something I didn't send to you, but I found it under, there's a section called Keys to Motivation, and they tie together your style and your driver's And one of the ones that stood out is uh, key motivation. Let me research new information in a team environment requiring people interaction. So you do this with the team, which is so cool. And then ideal environment, an environment where interacting with others others in an effort to help each person is rewarded. Absolutely. Now, I I, I love that. And and I did see that in there. Uh, And and again, I, I think you're following me. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly right. And, and I, I also want to describe in my role, uh, I'm a one person show is that wow. I don't, I don't have a formal team reporting to me, but what you have to do is you have to be able to inspire and influence other people. And I think that that's something that a great piece of advice that I got when I, I moved to this role only uh, just under two years ago. So I was in an HR role before. And one of my mentors gave me a great piece of advice. He said, you know, you're moving from a position where you had a big team. And it was command and control. When you made a decision, they moved. He goes, now you're moving to a position where you don't have a team. You're going to have to influence and you're going to have to motivate people to do things that aren't necessarily their day job. And he goes, and you can't do it through telling them to do it. And he said, so that's a different skill that you're going to have to focus on and build. And I think that that's also something really important to think about is that what does the role require you to do? How does it require you to act and to be aware of that 
And to do that, to be successful, you, you've got to be able to do that. And that was the best eye-opening advice I got in coming into this role. And I will never forget, he was, uh, he was my boss at the time and was letting me go. I mean, he was letting me go to, to this new role. And so I thought that was great too. And also what Caliber is about is these new opportunities. And again, I thought I was going to be in HR for the rest of my life. And uh, here toward the end of my career, I get a new life. I, I get a brand new career. And I was trepidatious about it, you know, to be honest. Big change. But to me, it was like, boy, smart people in caliber because they knew who they were picking. I mean, what a perfect match you are to every bit of this. And I've only known you all of this conversation and you're through your assessment. I'm like, OK, I have no doubt that he is in great fit. <laughs> and that role, it's it's a little bit of what I learned because I was in corporate America, but I've been doing this for quite oh, a while. Started when I didn't know what I was doing and still know a little bit more what I'm doing, but I really didn't know what I was doing. But the biggest thing was learning what you're talking about is like you're a facilitator now. You're a consultant, in an internal consultant in your case. but And that is about influence and getting buy-in and it is. working with different people. So And it sounds like you're you're doing it really well. Well, you know, again, back to, back to your, your point about, you know, you work at it every day. Yes. And, and there will be good days and bad days. The other thing, I think we all have those, but it's, it's how you react to it and what you do and what you learn from it and uh, picking yourself up and, and keeping at it uh, with your, you know, you know what the ultimate goal is, you know what you're working toward. And, and that's what's so inspirational to me is, is that I see the outcomes. I see what we're doing and I can see the future and I can see what, what this is going to be. And again, I, I won't be here forever. And so I also feel like I have an obligation bring people along behind me. And I remember when I came into this role, uh, I worked for the chief financial officer and he asked me, he said, what's your, what's your job? You know, what, what do you think your responsibility is? And I said to replace myself. I, I said, that, that's my role is that I need to bring in the person behind me who's going to do what I do. And, and he said, that's exactly the right answer. And again, that goes back to what Caliber does and how we think about leadership and how we think about our roles and, and what we're doing together. And it, it helps so much for you to demonstrate being a good mentor because of all the people who are watching you and they're trying to mentor, you know, it just trickles down in every way, trickles everywhere around. That's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And switching to that consulting role. I mean, I'm 20 years in now, but I can remember pulling in from somewhere, you know, and I had a brave face and I did the best I could do. And I'd sit in my garage and cry before I'd come in the house. I got to because it's so vulnerable, you know. You don't you, you don't know if they liked it. You don't know if you did a good job. You tried. You did the best you could. You know. Yeah. You don't. Know. And then 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 they you know maybe a month later they call you back or something. You go oh, okay maybe it was okay. You know I have less of those sessions now, but it certainly can be up and down for sure. It's absolutely absolutely it can, and sometimes you don't know until as you say later. The impact yeah. you've had and, and you have yeah. to be okay with that and, and, uh, do, and be okay with crying. I'm with you on that. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's that vulnerability and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's, uh, it happens. Uh, and, yeah. and I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a journey. It's definitely yeah. a journey. So anything else about the assessment and your strengths that you want to mention? No need to share anything else. You didn't get a lot of time with it, but just want to check in. No, I, again, I think that, that, uh, it really did a great job of, uh, uh, it's incredibly comprehensive. And I, I think that it did a really great job of identifying those strengths. It very much reiterated what I've seen in other assessments, uh, of, uh, that I've done 
uh, as well. You know, obviously over my career, uh, you know, seen them all. I've, I've done, I've, yeah. I've, I've seen them all. I've done them all. Uh, unleash these on other people and have them unleashed on me, uh, as well. So, uh, I, I thought the assessment was, was very, very right on. And what I really liked was, and I'll spend way more time with this, which was the actionable stuff that goes behind it, the assessment. What I really liked is there's a section I've got to share with my leader that tells about, you know, uh, and I think it will be a good dialogue to have facilitate that as far as a, I, I'm going to share something personal about myself. Here's some results uh, and here's environments I'm going to thrive in. And here are things that are going to drive me not to be so inspired. Uh, and so maybe we can have a, a good conversation about how we work together. And I think this is, again, a great tool to say, hey, let's, uh, I, I'm going to share this about myself and uh, how, how does this impact our relationship? That's awesome. And that's exactly the intention of it is to, for people to look at their strengths and then be able to communicate them because everything you look at is familiar to you, to you, because you're in this world of training and development and more, maybe more experience. Not everybody else has seen, oh my gosh, there's my strengths. And so they're (laughs) familiar, but even if they're very familiar with you, it's nice to have the verbiage to then share. And then what we always say, when you do share, pick your top three and then say, okay, I pick this and it matters right now because of this. And this is why it's important to me. And do you have it, you know, tell me what you see, you know, kind of yeah. thing. So that kind of, and, and the the beautiful conversations that come out of that one, the person that gets to share gets to say something about themselves that they really want the other person to hear. And the other person gets to learn something new. So I, I think that's great that you're doing that. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. And what I love whenever I've done assessments or, or, or had them done uh, with me is that I, something that, that struck me and one of my coaches in the past has said to me, they were like, if you look at the results of an assessment like this and you're surprised, then you don't know yourself. I, I mean, that that's one thing that's always stuck with me is that if the person says, oh, that's really surprising, then you get, are you really paying attention <laughs> to, yeah. to what's real? Yeah. You know, are And you everybody's really at different levels in that too, based on yeah. what they've been exposed to. So, you know, self-awareness, and it's not a hundred percent either too, because sometimes, you know, you have... You, me, others have worked past that blind spot. You know, you already were aware of it. So that's no longer applicable. So it's not 100%. But it is is to do exactly what you're thinking about is facilitate conversation and to yes. just kind of recall our strengths. The other thing is, is we tend to take our strengths for granted. Correct. Yeah. And it's all about finding those roles. And I told you that, that I was going to do this. Uh, is that I love your car analogy. Uh, and it's so apt. I, I feel like you developed this for us as well, because being in the car business is that uh, this is just an amazing thing that I, I found actually on your website as I, I was researching you as well. And I just love how you put this together in this car analogy and, and talks about uh, the most important thing was the thing in, in, in the middle was the gas in their tank which is the motivation, the values, and the interest in, in work, and, and uh, how great uh, that it just fits so nicely in, in my world. I, I have it on my desk, and I'm going to keep it on my desk uh, because I'm going to use it without <laughs> talking about <laughs> I, I'm going to steal that. You put that out yes. there, so I, I love it, and I hope others you know, uh, grab it too because it's so uh, it really breaks it down into you know, five really uh, you can relate to it because you drive a car. <laughs> so you yeah, got exactly. It. <laughs> yeah, and it came about because I wanted people to apply the assessment in a way that was accurate, you know, this is not all of of you, you know, if you do just the DISC assessment, all it's showing you is how you like to drive around. If you do the motivators assessment, it's showing you what puts gas in your tank, you know, so that was part of it. And then I also didn't want people to lose sight of the impact of culture 
and what the impact of their background experience and future goals, where they've been, where we traveled and where they want to go. I mean, it's, it's like a simple model and it helps helps a lot of busy people go, oh, okay, that's what that's measuring. I get it. <laughs> so I'm Absolutely. glad you liked it, especially as, as experienced as you are. So that that makes me happy that that helped you. <laughs> that was great. It was, it, it is great. Uh, and, and so I, I am, I am going to, uh, I am going to keep it right here on my, my desk accessible. I'm honored. I'm honored, especially from the car company. <laughs> yes, um, yes. <laughs> let's talk about influencers. It sounds like you've had different mentors in your life, you know, who's most influenced you and then maybe share what they did or said that helped you. You shared one instance. Are there others? Yeah, you know, uh, I've been so fortunate as I, I've had a, a few top ones that come to mind. I, I would really be remiss if I, I didn't mention my dad as one of my influencers in, in the value of hard work and dedication to your craft uh, and caring for your family. And and so I think all of those things work together. So he was a, such an inspiration, worked so hard over his life to provide for us, uh, but also never lost the sense of who he was and teaching us the difference between right and wrong. And so I think if you keep that to your core values uh, and, and you work for companies that share your core values, that makes it a lot easier to do. So I, I, I would be remiss if I, I didn't mention him, number one, as an influence in my life. Uh, but then I've also been fortunate is that I have a person who's been in my life ever since I graduated from law school. He actually hired me out of law school. He's our general counsel here at Caliber Collision. And he has hired me three times over my career. And he has been uh, an influence, a, a great influence on my life. And his thing, really what I learned from him is the practicality. You know, it's not just all theoretical what you're doing, but there's a people component and a practicality. Think about the implications of what you're doing. Think about the next step. So he has always been the practical, hey, just because that's the right answer doesn't mean that that's the thing we should be doing. Because you need to think about the impact on the lives and the outcomes that you're producing at the end of it. And he has always had people at the center, as a general counsel, an attorney, think about this. He's always focused on the people piece of it. And that's what's also inspiring to me. The last one I would mention would really be a chief financial officer that I I worked with in my past who taught me the difference between transactional and relational. And I think that that's something that I would share with, with the group is that as we're working together, you should be able to be in such an environment where you can have tough conversations where you can battle it out when it comes to ideas and where the company should be headed and do that in the right way, uh, not attacks at, at the person. And that's that's really having a transaction. But you should have the relational piece of it that enables that transactional piece to know that it's not personal. And he has always said, he always told me, he said, if it feels personal, you need to have the ability to call me out on that and to say, hey, wait a minute. This seems like it's going from talking about the ideas, the concepts, the theory to now it sounds like you're talking about me. <laughs> and so he said, always be able to call the time out and say, was that a transaction or is that a relationship issue? And being able to keep it to the transactional when you're, you're doing that and be able to slip very nicely back into the, hey, we can still be buddies, even though we, we may have had a tough transactional conversation. And I think that that's such a great thing to keep in mind and to think about the, those things because it enables those tough conversations you have to have in business sometimes, but to always be grounded in we're friends. You know, at the end of this, we're going to come out in a certain way, but we're going to be able to go have a, a beer together too. Yeah, that is so, so powerful. The whole people before tasks, before strategy, but you still have to talk about strat- strategy and, and tasks. And if the people piece is strong, that it's easier to do these things 
and, you know, and like you said, have a tough conversation. And so that's a journey for most of us. It is. It is wonderful that you've had those mentors to highlight that. That's amazing. Yep. If people know you care and they know the objectives, it's much easier to have those conversations. It is. Totally. Yeah. That's a big deal. Awesome. Wonderful people have influenced you. And, and I can't imagine that you are on the others who's influenced me list uh, oh. in your lifetime. <laughs> lifetime. I just know that because people who high, score passionate, social altruistic are usually serving people all day, every day. I see it all the time. So, and that's how you scored. And I think that's probably true. That's well, I hope so. <laughs> yes. I hope to. That's what I, I, I aspire to. Yes. Yes. So talk a little bit about, we talk about wake up your life, some here in mind, body, spirit. And I've written a few little things about that on the website, mind, body, spirit. And I'm always talking about different things that I'm doing because it's definitely a journey. What about you? What are some things that you are doing that help you have the strong wake up your life in those areas? Yeah. So uh, I, I think focusing on the mind, the body and spirit, I'll turn to the mind first, of course, uh, which is I, I got a, a great piece of advice from our former CEO. And uh, I, I asked him when he was transitioning out of his CEO uh, position, I said, what advice do you have for me? And this is what he told me, which fits so nicely into this. And I do it now. Is he said, you've got to set aside time every day to think. And I was like, what? You know, what does that mean? He said, if you're not doing that, then you're not growing. He said, now, I'm not telling you what to put in that time because it's going to be different every day. It might be to learn something new. It might be to refresh yourself, it might just to take an hour to yourself, but put on your schedule. And now I laugh because you know we actually just got a new uh, executive assistant. And so I had to share my secret with her because she sees my calendar. And every day there's a block of time that says think. And I said, I don't want you to think that I'm not thinking Outside of that time, I said, that, just know that that time is very important to me. And let's keep that, you know, that's not that, that, that get violated. That I thought that was a great piece of advice that folds so nicely into what you're, you're thinking, what, yes. what, what you're talking about in the mind, but that feeds the mind, gives your, your, yourself space to do those things, which are, are necessary. Uh, that yeah. I love that, that, that really takes care of the mind piece of it. And, love and it. Love it. And it's it's like the what they call it discretionary time, and it lets uh, to me what I find is that lets ideas come to you. you know, if you're always oh, going from yeah. thing to thing to thing, and you're always receiving input from everybody else, where's the idea come in? Where's the the nuance? Where's the kismet? You know, where is that? That's very hundred percent. Yeah, and it's being intentional about it too, right? I mean, it's about finding that time and saying I'm committed to this. Yeah. That's great. I love that you had the conversation with the new person about that. <laughs> well, I, I felt that I had to because I, I thought there were going to be jokes that would be coming. And so I, yeah. I wanted to head that off a little bit. I do think outside of this hour, you know. I, right, exactly. I'm not, <laughs> not I really thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great reminder and it stares me at, at my uh, calendar every day. And, and on the, I love uh, that. And on the, on the body side, you know, that was a great point because you're right. This, this all has to work together on the body side is that I, I work very diligently to get to the gym every day. Uh, but I know that there are days where that's going to be challenging because of schedules and, and other priorities. So I, I got a rower at home and it's set up in a place that it stares at me every day. 
And so I have no excuse. So I make time to get up uh, early in the morning uh, and I get on the rower. So I know that I've done something for my body that day. And if I can't make it to the gym at the end of the day, then that's okay. I, I've gotten that that time in uh, in the morning. Uh, my dog thinks it's very entertaining. She comes in, she wakes up, comes in and watches me on the rower, trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing. Because I'm not going anywhere. I'm doing a lot of activity, but it's not moving. And I think she finds that very funny uh, as she waits patiently for me to take her out for a morning walk. That's great. Did you know that Hugh Jackman is a big rower? No, I believe. I mean, I, I wish I, I wish I was in that kind of shape, but <laughs> yeah, but he's big into it, big it. into it. I think I'm hearing that right because I heard him on a being interviewed. But yeah, that's and that's a whole body thing, whole you body workout, legs and the cardio, and you can do it in a short period of time. How smart are you? Exactly, exactly. Plus, it's set up in a place like I say where I have to walk past it. Trip over it. Oh, I guess I'm gonna row. <laughs> I guess Even I'm gonna row today. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. How about spirit? Yeah, the spirit, I find that uh, how I feed that uh, piece of it uh, is that really through through the work that I do, uh, I, I volunteer at a no-kill shelter here in close to my home uh, in Carrollton that, that does just amazing work for animals of, of all kinds. But that feeds my sense of community because you, you get, you know, you're doing something good for the animals who, who have been uh, in, in terrible situations oftentimes. And you're working with other people who share that uh, with you. And so you feed on that. And so I, I get that spiritual lift out of connecting with the people who are, you know, have a shared endeavor that they're undertaking. And it's also so unconnected or disconnected with what I do every day that I love that that kind of gives you another outlet to uh, to do that. So that's where I feed my, my spirit uh, is through doing that kind of work. That's wonderful, helping the community. And the uh, no-kill pet culture is a whole different culture. It, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. It beautiful. is, absolutely. They are. they are. They're inspirational. So what advice would you give your 25-year-old self? Oh, you know, thinking back that far, you know, it's quite <laughs> a trip to try to go back there, Susie. So I was thinking about, you know, where was I at 25? And I was just graduating law school. And I think that at that time I had that, kind of wide-eyed, optimistic, didn't know what was going to happen in my career, just starting out on a new life, new career, new all of these things. And it was just this feeling of excitement, enthusiasm, embracing what was to come, not knowing what was coming, but knowing that uh, it was all going to be fine. And I would tell myself back then, is it don't ever lose that. It doesn't sound like you have. <laughs> I work so at it. You, you work at it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you put all these things in place to help that and all these wonderful people around you and good work. That's amazing. Yeah. But yes, don't lose that. Because you do see, I see friends and colleagues from high school and such that have maybe lost that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, without yeah. meaning to, it just life sometimes. <laughs> so. It does. It does. And it's not easy every day. No. But that's that's called life, I think. Yeah. And setting that intention to continue to look for it. So you said that you might would put on your billboard, feel the fear and do it anyway. Is that your billboard? Anything else you would put or another billboard somewhere else? Or Well, you know, in thinking about the apprenticeship program and, and the work that we're doing, the other billboard I would put up is I would put one up outside of every college or university in the United States, which would say, you don't have to do this. <laughs> you know, there oh, are I love that. 
Yes. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I did joke with our, our recruiting team internally. I said, you know, at the beginning of every school year, we need to be like, uh, have some sort of uh, strategic marketing where we have like the billboards you've seen on the side of a van. If you go drive in front of registration at some you know college or university that says, you know, talk to talk to me before you do this. You know, you don't have to incur all this debt, come out of yes. school and not have a career. And that's what I, I find is that, you know, back to the very beginning of our conversation is that people don't sometimes know the alternatives that are out there. And that's what else we're working to accomplish is to build knowledge, not just of our apprenticeship program, that we feel that there's a broader story around apprenticeships that needs to be told, that needs to be highlighted. And that's why we're working also to not just talk about our program, but talk about apprenticeships in general. Uh, because again, I think that kids need to know about the alternatives. You know, kids coming out of high school, not coming out of high school, even uh, you don't have to go to high school, even, uh, you know, to, to do really meaningful things in your life and to have opportunities. And that's what I, I think we've lost. And that's what we're working so hard to bring back is the knowledge and the focus and, and just the choice uh, that people have that if they don't know about the alternatives and they don't know uh, about future pathways that they could have. Uh, one other thing I, I thought was so inspiring is that right before we got uh, in, into our conversation today, I, I saw uh, come across on our internet site a picture of, and you may have seen this, I think it got posted even to LinkedIn, but it was a high school, high schoolers in one of our centers. They were being hosted in one of our centers, just literally not this was planned, but it came across and I saw these kids seeing everything that was happening in the back of one of our, our repair shops. And I thought, ah, their eyes are being opened to possibilities. Yes. And I that just excites me. Oh, yeah. Real quick. We're almost on time and we're a little bit past, but my nephew, middle nephew, was really struggling, and he was on a Pell Grant because of oh, yeah. his situation and no money. And and he's really smart, and I knew he was really smart, and he was floundering. He wasn't really going to class. So I'm thinking, okay, he's going to fail out. And to your thing, I uh, had a friend who was a teacher at a tech school, and he was doing machine shop stuff. And I said, hey, is that still a great business? He said, oh, yeah, we need we need great people. So I hooked him up. I said, okay, would you give my nephew a tour? And so he was so smart, so lethargic. He goes on that tour. I'm in a meeting that day and I get like 15 phone calls from him. And he lives four hours away from me at the time. He ended up moving here with us. But at the time, he didn't live close by. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, something has happened because I had my phone off in the meeting. So I call him back. and I said, hey, is everything OK? He's like, oh, yeah, I took that tour. I know what I'm going to do. And everything changed. He started making straight A's. He was working late. My friend would tell me he's at the shop every day. And now he's had, you know, and now here, how many, five years later or more, he has his own machining business. Oh my goodness. What a success story. And see, that's what what your high schoolers are going to do. He got it a little later, you know, uh, because of everything that was going on, but he got it. And he had yeah. the whole light bulb and he's brilliant. He's, a, you know, he used to always say to me, I don't know if anybody's ever going to hire me. I just know a lot of, do they ever hire anybody that knows a lot about nothing? You know, cause he's kind of one of those kids, you know, that knows across. <laughs> the, I mean, he, like you ask him something, you'd be like, how do you know that? You know, he didn't have any practical, you know, what he thought. Right. Was like, so, well, yeah, there's a, there's a job for that. That's called sales. You know, so oh, he's, okay. a actual, he's an actual <laughs> machinist who can sell, you know. Absolutely. Perfect. Right. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's how you find it. You, you never know exactly where you will find it. But, uh, you know, again, that's 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 an amazing story. And, and yeah, you just want to see that happen for everybody. Right. 
for everybody. And that's what I vision I got when you were talking about the high school kids. And, and the thing is, is that parents need to know this is an option too, because sometimes they worry. And I hear this. And oftentimes I tell the story to them when they say, well, he's not, doesn't want to go to college. And he's just, he's living at home and, you know, he's working at the pizza shop. It's like, oh, there are options. There are options. Tons of yeah. options. Yeah. And that. now I'm going to tell them all about caliber. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. So you uh, <laughs> you've been so great. And uh, I want to close with your a uh, little bit more uh, wisdom. You've shared so much Gr- wisdom or advice that you want them to rem- people to remember about investing in talent and about apprenticeship and the future for our young people. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think if, if leaders don't understand now that, Investing in your talent is a sure bet that that's the one thing I would just reiterate to everybody. That is the one thing that you know for sure you can take it to the bank will pay off in dividends. And uh, that's investing in management talent that treats people right. Because as we talked about a little while ago, is it's all about the manager and how the environment that they create and the culture that they're creating and then it's all about how you make people feel when they come to work, which is their manager is a part of, but the work is a part of it as well. And having a, a commitment to uh, building a culture. If you don't have a culture, you don't know if you have a culture, you don't know you have a good culture, then work on it. And that's an investment in your people too. That's an investment in talent and talent begets talent. So talent that stays with you, that's engaged in your workforce. Guess what? They attract more talent and they stay with you. That's why I mean, this is the one thing in business that you know is going to pay you back is the investment in your talent. Wonderful. You're doing that every day. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Susie, thank you so much. Uh, this was, a, 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 I love talking to you uh, and you are just, you're just full of energy. And I, I love the energy that you give to, to people uh, that you're talking to. So thank you for the gift today. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Can you see why it's one of my favorites? And so just good work that they're doing. And I have a whole nother good feeling every time now that I drive somewhere here in Georgia and I see a caliber collision. And I'm I'm thinking you might have that too. The show notes for uh, both of these episodes, part one and two, are at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash invest in talent. Here are some of my favorite conversation bits and tips that I want to share with you. One of the things we talked about is they are dispelling the myth of the paper ceiling. And that is without a college degree, you can't get a good job. And I love how they're building a movement. And that is billboard might be near universities that that says something like, talk to us before you enroll or you have options. It was funny. We were at a dinner party recently and I met a couple and we started talking about her family and she was talking about her son, mid-20s. He was still living at home and not really making any progress and, you know, not sure he was going to go back to college. He went and it didn't work out. And so I was so happy to share the example of what Caliber's doing, not saying that that's what he's going to do, but he might, you know, to just know that there are options. And then to be able to share the examples of my nephews who I talked about in uh, the start of, of the part one of these episodes about, you know, how they're making, making it work uh, and doing it really, really well in their careers without having a college degree. Again, not dissing the college degrees, but dispelling that myth, that paper ceiling, that that's the only option you have. It's not true. Another thing that I love and I just want to reiterate is, is the evidence of how they are a real purpose-driven company. And how do you know that? They're putting money 
where their where their vision is. You know, their their vision of uh, their slogans that they use is restoring the rhythm of your life. And so this is the rhythm of our life gets disrupted when our car is damaged, right? Um, they've made huge investments, $20 million the first year and $40 million the second to get this off the ground. And they, they've gotten benefit from it and they're continuing. They're using it to meet the shortage of technicians while being focused on changing the image of the automotive industry. And at the same time, changing the tra- trajectory of these families' lives. You know, when he tells a story about a graduation where a family said, our, nobody in our family's graduated from anything. And so the confidence and the change that that has, the ripple effect is amazing. And then the other thing that I could see in their culture, and he talked about it several different times, was about they're all about feedback. So they, they wanted feedback, good, bad, and ugly from the program. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong from all participants. And I really got the impression that they, it's not just speak, it's real. They believe in feedback and that when they, they teach the response to their leaders and to everybody else is when they get feedback, you say, thank you for the feedback. And so, you know, we're always, I'm a big uh, proponent of that through organizational surveys or through 360 feedback or just, you know, having how's it going meetings. And so I love seeing that that was, that came up numerous times in our conversation. Another theme throughout our discussion was the power of mentorship. You know, the pride that the mentors within each of the collision centers take in becoming a teacher. And so that idea of I mentor you, I'm helping you become amazing. So they take pride in their work. And then you could see that all of the amazing mentors that Eddie's had in his life. And they, it's interesting, the kind of technical executives like the legal counsel and the CFO were the people giving him advice about people issues, which is great to see. And that, uh, you know, a mentor is someone who sees more talent and ability within you than we see in ourselves and helps bring it out of us and then gives us wisdom and helps us see things that we don't see. And so it's just beautiful that that's a full circle there within the company and within Eddie's life. Another thing that I enjoyed was his match to his role. As I learned more about his role, and then we had him take, we always do that segment around Wake Up Eager Strengths and with the Talent Insights Assessment. And I love seeing how his background is such a great fit to his motivators, his background, and everything that he's done. And, you know, when you have a great fit, you've got a lot of energy and you represent the role really well and you want to do it. So, you know, you'll see the five areas of job fit in the car analogy in the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash invest in talent. And you'll also see a sample of a talent insights assessment, which is what we were talking about when we were talking about his results. And the other thing that I enjoyed about our conversation was his focus on his legacy. So that's an interesting way to look at, I think I might do that. I don't know if I've ever put it in words, but I think about, you know, my, my nephews are my legacy and my, my business is this, is my legacy and this information is my legacy. And I've never really put it in those terms, but I guess that's kind of what I'm thinking or what drives me. It's like, how do I make a difference? So when I'm gone, goodness prevails, at least with the people that I've touched, you know, um, and he's focused on in his current role, how is he going to replace himself? How would it be if we were all thinking like that? And then we would would be thinking like mentors. You know, how do I help other people? So he's, it sounded to me like he's constantly thinking about the impact he's making. And I think we could all benefit from that. 
And it's, you know, an ongoing process. None of us are doing it perfectly, but it certainly does change the dynamic and can create more energy about our days. And lastly, the one thing that is the thing that is a sure bet is always going to pay you back is talent. Talent begets talent. I love that he said that. Investing in your talent is a sure bet. It's the one thing that is always going to pay you back. So how much is your company investing in your talent and revisit that on a regular basis. Lastly, I'm going to leave you with his quote on his LinkedIn page as a reminder of this idea of putting people first and and making investments in our talent is you can have all the right strategy in the world, but if you don't have the right culture, you're dead. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Check out the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash invest in talent. Be sure to just subscribe to Wake Up Eager Workforce wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. Let me know that you did so, and I'll send you a free workplace motivators assessment and access to about 100 different resources. Uh, You could share that with somebody. So leave us a review. Let me know you did it, and I'll send you the link and the page where you can get the resources. You can find our directory of all our episodes at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. And if I can help you in any way, reach out to me, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. Thank you for being on this journey with me and uh, have a wake up eager day and we'll talk soon. Take care. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 